0: Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Morley Kurt, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey. G'day, mates. And unfortunately, Grant was not able to make it tonight, but fortunately, we have a very special guest co host uh, who's a great guy, great maker met him over a year ago now on make us on zoom having coffee um co-host of making our way podcast the one and only dean duplantis howdy how's it going dean how are you doing
1: good guys thank you all so much for having me on i really Welcome. appreciate the invite
0: for sure yeah once when grant said he couldn't come and adam was like uh, who should we have as a co-host my first thought i was like i want to talk to dean i love talking to dean
1: Well, and what's funny too is I tend to not listen to anything on Mondays, but Tuesday I start with Clamp. And so our podcast also comes out on Tuesday. So it's like, great, I'm going to have a double dose of Dean
0: next Tuesday. So it should be an interesting day. Nice. Um, For the four listeners of this podcast who don't maybe know who you are, do Mm. you want to just give a quick elevator pitch on a who is Mr. Dean Duplantis?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So my name's Dean Duplantis. Um, unlike the typical people on this podcast, I'm from America. Uh, I'm in <gasps> Texas, in Houston, and uh, I'm a generalist, uh, a hobby maker. I have a full time job, and this is you know what I do to relax and get away from the working world. I'd say uh, I tend to stay in the wood lane, but I have a laser CNC. I've got a few other toys. I'm getting into the lathe now, so um. Yeah, that that's about me and like Morley said we've met on Makers on Zoom having coffee. It's a great group. I encourage you to reach out to the community if you haven't yet because you get to do interesting things like this once you get to know each other.
2: <laughs> For sure. 100%. You don't have to be part of Makers on Zoom having coffee to join us, but No, but it, I mean but it is true like once you start like no. interacting with people, you,
0: cool opportunities and interactions and stuff Definitely. come up. Just takes saying hi.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, that phrase, it just takes saying hi. I, I was thinking about that the other day. How m- I've never met anybody who was mean or rebuffed that even you know, anyone I've come across in the community, if you're just polite back, polite to them, they're usually polite back. And that goes from sticker swaps on up. So, uh, yeah, again, please engage people.
2: I think we definitely have, like, the the best community there is. Like, there's not really many toxic people in the DIY community, if you ask me.
1: And you know what else? Everyone up- uplifts each other. Like you'll talk yeah. positively about other podcasts, whether they're competing or not. Um, we work on collaborations on projects and YouTube videos, and it- it's just really refreshing to see how welcoming and supportive the community is.
0: Yeah. faux show. Um, well, Dean, uh, as is tradition, What has been in your clamps this week? (laughs) Yeah. So
1: if you follow me at all, it's, it's all about mallets, baby. Um, Austin Saunders of high caliber craftsman. And I committed to doing the mallet challenge for the builders challenge. And I want to try to make five mallets in the two weeks that the challenge runs. So I'm at about two and a half now I've got through Sunday to finish. I think I'll make it there, but yeah, it's been mallets, mallets, mallets to the point where I may get divorced because I haven't been inside (laughs) in a, seven or eight days oh wow the commitment and then They're i'm not adam. really sure am i supposed to throw this to adam and, and say what's
2: been in your clamps adam it to adam what's what's been up this week adam wasn't expecting so quick um <laughs> i am currently editing edit editing editing edits ed, Wow, well, i'm currently editing it ed, why can't i say that word right now um Editing the video for the hand saw that I refurbished. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty like boring video in a way. Like essentially it's, I pulled this thing apart. I cleaned it. I painted it. I put it back together. So I have this idea where I'm actually going to read a short story over the, that'll be my voiceover. So the whole video will just be me reading a story and then like the visual will be me restoring it. Um, So yeah, that I'm pretty pretty excited to see how it's going to come out. Like, it's not going to be a normal video; like, it's, yeah, it's I, weird, but I think it'll be kind of cool. I thought about doing that before. I think uh, Jimmy Duresta
0: might have mentioned that once, just like putting some sort of interesting voiceover over a video. If you don't know, think about what to say, just to like add some yeah. interest to it. I, I that that'll be cool. Yeah,
1: you might stumble comes, into yeah. a new little niche for yourself.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, I think it's a cool way to sort of make what would be a pretty boring video kind of interesting. And yeah, so I've been trying to think of ways I can clickbait it as well. Cause like the well, the problem is that the, the idea can be cool, but if no one watches the video, no one hears the idea and like, they're not going to like get it. So I'm trying to think of a way that I can be like, here's this thing I made, but the video is not what you think it's going to be. So try and get them to, to watch it and see if it's any good.
1: Are you thinking a heading um, like Australian man knows how to read or something really shocking
2: like that? Or? I don't know. I was thinking something along the lines of like refurbishing a handsaw. Um, but this isn't the kind of restoration video you think it is or something. I don't know. Like something. Mm-hmm. If I add gone wrong, everyone will click on it.
1: Refurb with a bonus or a twist. A bonus. I like that. Restore
2: yeah. you to
0: sleep. Restoration for bedtime. I don't really want people to think I'm going to put them to sleep. Oh, that's what I'm picturing when you're saying reading a story. I'm like, sounds very relaxing. It sounds like a
2: good thing to watch before mm. bed. I was more trying to, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know it'd well, I'm going to be recording it after this. So we'll see right. how like I actually, like it, if I talk in like full monotone, it'll be crap. But like, I need to try and work it out to get my personality out while I read it.
1: I think a good video would be restore the hand tool. And then at the end, go throw it in the fire.
2: <laughs> well, actually, tomorrow night we are having a, um, what what do you guys call it? A hillbilly bonfire? Because I have a Just big a 44-gallon drum. That I, I, yeah. I've got to go through and, like, throw out pretty much 60% of my wood because I have way too much because I'm a hoarder and need to make room for the next thing, which is getting ready for my CNC, mm-hmm. um, which should hopefully be shipped soon. And if anyone who follows me on Instagram will see that I have two TVs in my – shop now um the main tv which i have had for a while and then i put a new tv up yesterday uh, which has a intel pc stick so it's like it looks like a big flash drive but it has an hdmi port instead of a uh, hdmi plug instead of a usb plug Mm -hmm. and then that plugs into a tv and it's a computer so that's going to run my cnc and everything so well, that's crazy. So, so essentially the second TV is just like a big computer screen and it's, it's pretty big. I kind of, I was like, I don't really want to go small because like I can get the same, get a big TV for the same price. But now I'm like, I kind of went a little bit too big.
1: <laughs> so You know, you say that I had a 55 inch on the wall in here. So I, I laughed when I saw the two TVs in your shop. We are a one TV house. I don't like TVs in the bedroom because that's where you should be going to sleep, not yeah, staying up watching TV. TV. So when we bought a new TV, I have this surplus TV and I was like, well, I'll put it outside. And it was 55 inch. And what it turned into was this whole wall of my shop was useless because I had this giant TV. So I had no yeah. wall space. I couldn't put anything up on. And then when you tried to work under it, there's cables and remotes and it was just a mess. And so I got rid of it and I got a 30 inch TV that's on the wall back there that sometimes it feels too small but it's not in the way. And that, I like that better.
2: And honestly, how often do you look at it when you're like, you have it on in the background. If you're working on something, how often do you ever actually look at the TV?
1: The only time is I'll change my background on my computer monitor to black. So I can see the reflection and I may listen to it and just watch the reflection in the monitor, but yeah, I rarely watch
2: TV back here. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: It's funny. uh, I hear a lot of people talk about like having TVs in the shop for like background or, or just like TV in in general on the background, like movies that you've seen a bunch. I cannot do that at all. Like a few weeks ago, I tried to just put on some like maker video in the background just to like see what it was like. Cause I I never do it. And I just got so distracted. Um, I can't have that like visual stimulus just going on in the background. I, and I've always been that way. Like I've never been able to just like study while the TV TV was going or anything else like sound. Sure. Um, But yeah, a screen in my workshop, I don't think that would <laughs> work. It has well. to be
1: a movie I've seen 50 times.
0: Yeah, Because yeah, exactly.
1: it, yeah. I can just listen to it and I know what's going on and it's not a heartbreak if I have to leave and I miss a scene or something. So if it's a movie I've seen a bunch, I'll put it on and I'll sit there in the chair and sand and I look down and I look up and I look down and I look up and I can do mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I'm not back here watching the new blockbusters or anything.
2: <laughs> no, I mainly put it in there so I could watch the football.
1: Right. Which I, mean, I saw a Denver Broncos thing hanging up on your yeah. wall. Are you a Denver Broncos fan? I am. Interesting. Yeah. That's the only sport I watch Australia. is
2: NFL. Is it? Uh, yeah. It's the only sport I watch. Um, I don't know. It's, it's becoming a lot bigger here, American football. Um, it's more of a specialty thing for people to like it, especially because we had a few NRL players, like uh, Australian rugby league yeah. players, go over and play NFL. And then people, like, followed them. Yeah, y'all had one play for the the 49ers recently. Yeah, it was crap, but anyway. Yeah, and then he
1: came home and got arrested for beating his girlfriend.
2: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I've I've been been following Broncos for 10 years now. So
1: So I do the the same thing. Like, it must just move to the West. I watch Formula One every Sunday. So a very European sport, and I watch it every Sunday to the point where, like, my wife is – all right, I'm going to make muffins so you have something to eat in the morning when the race is on. Because And projects, so the race this That's last weekend, there right. was a wreck. I wasn't back here working in the shop because the race was delayed for an hour. And the TV back here is too smart, and it knows that the account I'm watching the race on is not the account I pay for. So I can't log into it back here. I have to use the slightly <laughs> dumber TV on the inside. Yeah, it TV. must know. It knows that I have an AT&T internet. And so I'm using a Comcast login and it won't let me log into the Comcast account back here, but inside it works. So I watch it inside.
2: Yeah. Right. I just pirate everything.
1: They're getting smart. I know you do. <laughs> Get the Jack Sparrow of the count ca- uh, of the cable lines.
2: Yeah. That's why I have my VPN service. <laughs> Cause so our, well, I'm not going to go on about pirating because you know, it's illegal and everything, but our government has actually blocked, like pretty much every pirate website. But all you have to do is get a VPN, and then you connect to America, and you are good to go. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyways, before we get arrested by the FCC, uh,
0: <laughs> they're not in Canada. I am the only one at risk here. Yeah, we're just putting Dean at risk. Um, <laughs> what have I been up to this week? So, yeah, like I mentioned on the last episode, we finished up the first we our first session of camp, rather last week. Uh, which is great. It w- was a really nice ending with like our closing ceremonies and such. And I just, after the first session, I just really felt like I needed like a solid rest during the weekend. And I was like, all I want to do this weekend is just like clean my apartment and clean my workshop. And that's all I want to do. Like I'd got my permanent residence application in. So like that was a weight off my chest. I was, I, that that was all I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna make a video about this because it sounds kind of fun um, and yeah it I did and its it was it was pretty cool like I think I've kind of been gravitating a bit towards like just experimenting with time lapses uh, the last like few months or so uh, so it was a <clears throat> it was another cool experience in trying to figure out what visually works well in time lapses and, and what doesn't as much. Um, which I'm, I'm finding is a lot of times pretty counterintuitive. Like sometimes you think a wide shot will look good, but really it's like the macro shot with something out of focus in the background that, um, looks a little better. Um, but yeah, after taking time to like really rest this weekend, so like the cleaning felt great, made a fun video. Um, I actually was going on a walk around my neighborhood and just like a two minute walk away. Uh, some people were having a concert in their front yard. And it was like these incredible musicians. So I ended up just like watching them for an hour. Uh, just like really, really good Argentinian band. Um, they were just like jamming, doing solos all in a circle. And it was like, it was super nice. Um, so for the first time in a while, I feel like I had like a really restful recharging weekend and I came to work on Monday, like literally feeling like a breath of new life. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like taking care of yourself and resting is is actually <laughs> important and helps a lot, um, which was good because, you know, we started a new session this week and it was great to have that uh, injection of energy. Um, but yeah, the session's super cool. It's the, this is like the engineering, building, sustainability, systems, design session. Um, and so since most of our instructors are engineering students, it feels like everyone's kind of right at home. Um, so the past couple of days they've been making these kind of like, we're calling them hydraulic judo bots that the kids are working on. And they're these kind of like using syringes as hydraulics to control Mm -hmm. like little fighting robots, like, like rock'em sock'em robots sort of thing. Um, they've been doing these really cool, like design challenges with like bridge building and, and stacking things with simple machines. And actually this morning, um, on my way to work, I picked up 45 two by twos, like eight foot long two by twos uh, for a tensegrity build. So the classic, really simple one where it's like a U on the bottom and then another U on the top with an arm coming down. So that's probably one of the bigger woodworking projects we are attempting this summer. Um, it's the first one is going tomorrow. And it's really going to be like all hands on deck. Cause it, we're going to, we're finding stations work very well when you're doing woodworking and projects and stuff with kids. So I think it's going to be a little chaotic, but it, it should be fun. The whole in Henry Ford model.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's good to know you're teaching kids how to use syringes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think it's the hydraulics <laughs>
0: concepts.
1: <laughs> you know, Morley, if there was ever a peg to find the right hole, it's you in this job. I mean, you nailed a, a great spot for you at this time in your life. Oh,
0: 100%. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it definitely feels like the right place to be.
2: And um, I'm so jealous, like if I could have done that, if I was, if I would have done that when I was your age, like I would be in my element, like,
1: you know, selfishly, I always thought, you know, Morley was just so adventurous and and capturing the moment and putting out all these videos because he was young and life hadn't broken him yet. And then he gets (laughs) this job and I'm like, okay, great. Life will finally break him and he'll realize, (laughs) you know, what, what the world's really like. And he lands in a great spot. So uh, that's yeah. good for you for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say life fully hasn't broken me. Like I feel like after. <laughs> oh, it that- definitely <laughs> has. <laughs> well, your video slowed down.
1: I noticed that, but you're still yeah. putting them out. You're still putting them out. Yeah.
0: It's,
2: it's, it's a, really it's funny. Like it's really funny. Like messaging. We have like a discord just between the three of us for clear. And it's really funny sending a message and not getting a message back from Molly for like eight hours. Cause he's at work. Whereas before he used to respond like instantly.
1: Yeah, what well, reinforces you know, yeah. how we're all different and Morley is the kind of person who's driven towards a goal and it has the ability to shed the distractions around him. Oh, where definitely. other people, you know, they'll stop everything they're doing to oh, I have to watch every one of my friends' YouTube videos and listen to every one of my friends' podcasts and comment on every one of my friends' posts, and then they look up and it's been eight hours yeah. and they haven't advanced themselves. So That's, Morley's still been able to make a wake
2: because. He, he can move forward. And that that's a good, that's where my wife gets angry at me because I get a message on discord and she's like, and I like have to answer it straight away because I just can't leave things yeah. alone. So yeah, I mean, I haven't watched a YouTube video in
0: months. <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's, I think it's been about that. I like maybe like one or two here or there, but it, it's been a little while. Um, although my, my kind of like brain breaks in the weekend sometimes is like 20 minutes of scrolling through TikToks, which my feed has become very well curated. Um,
2: <laughs> I don't that, have i yeah, to watch a very... five-minute YouTube video, but I watch 20 minutes of TikToks. <laughs> exactly. <It's>, that's all. <laughs> I had to Rational. delete it.
1: I recognize. So I've always been good at recognizing like, okay, this drug is going to be a problem or this drink is going to be a problem. And I was on TikTok for three days. and I was like, this is a problem because this is too easy to look up in an hour's past. Like you yeah. just sit there,
0: scroll, 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 scroll. I'm like, I have to get rid of this.
2: And I can't see yeah, TikTok,
1: I
0: but I do the same with Reels. Yeah, see, I'm. It's fun. I, I feel like I'm able to kind of uh, skirt around the addictiveness because I, I get a feeling after like a certain amount of time scrolling through it, where I'm like, this is just too nihilistic at a certain point. Because there's some of them are so funny, and there's some like really cute videos, but it's so fast paced. At a certain point, I'm like. Oh, okay, life has no meaning anymore. I need to turn this off. <laughs> you know what I oh, mean? Like, like it, it has yeah. that sort of vibe because it's everything's just so meme heavy and in the internet. I'm like, okay, that's that's enough. <laughs> but it's very fun for those uh 15 or so minutes. Um I know those that's very nice of you guys to say, but like, and um, but I have the same problem too. Like, but it's now it's also the camp discord because you know, it's like Grant was kind of mentioning last week, it's like eight weeks and the summer's over. So Like every day is like, okay, like we're, we're rushing to get these costumes together for the spirit day tomorrow. So like getting all our costumes coordinated at night. So meanwhile, I'm like messaging the camp discord at 9 PM to see like, cause I remembered something for tomorrow. So it's just a different type of a distraction that I have to manage and balance. So we record
1: on Tuesday. I have a trivia team that we we're normally at trivia right now starts at eight central on Wednesdays. And then I edit the podcast on Thursdays. And so there's a chunk of the middle of the week where my wife just does not see me. And every now and then I have to just stop and like, okay, look, y'all aren't going to get the a podcast till Sunday. And I'm not going to trivia this week because you know, we're going to have dinner together or, or take a break. But it, it is crazy how sometimes you just let these little, little things filter in. And then before you know it, your schedule's completely booked.
2: I would love mm-hmm. to have a schedule. Like every week I'm like, all right, what day am I going to be home from work in time today? Cause I, I finish work at like really weird times. And what, what day am I going to be home in time for us to record the podcast? And then I need to get the podcast edited and out by Monday. And so I, uh, yeah, I don't, I just wish I had a schedule. It's so hard with my job. Yeah.
0: Grass is always greener.
2: Yep. Yeah. I'm definitely so to take it back to the camp. Yeah. Go on. Oh, I was going to take it back to the camp. Um, what what do you do to choose like what how you're gonna make things? Like um like you said you are using syringes for the hydraulics and stuff. Like what what thought process goes through that with um
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um so you know it it's a relatively young organization, so the Steam project is only about six years old at this point. But since it is so project heavy, they do have a pretty solid database of projects that have they've done in the past. So the whole like using syringes as hydraulics is that was kind of inspired because they've done some in-person projects using those syringes. And I think once you get into the world of like STEM projects for kids, there's certain construction methods and demonstrations and things that that will come up again and again. And one of those is using hydraulic tubing with syringes as like a simple hydraulics for kids um, to make stuff. So I'll say like, I think our team is incredible. Um, Like I mentioned, like most of them are engineering students that are uh, off for their summers. Some people have graduated, some people are studying other things. And um, yeah, there's just like so much creativity and everyone has a pretty wide range of interests that, you know, we spent a solid two months before camp started prototyping and thinking of different projects. Um, In terms of specific construction methods, you know, one thing that we're actually kind of struggling with right now is that pretty early on in our process, we showed the laser as like the center of the Steam project because we use it so much for kits and for making projects and for batching things out. Uh, you know, it's great for production. So it's like you show someone a hammer and everything's a nail. And then all of a sudden we have our greatest bottleneck. And even though we bought another <laughs> laser pre camp, it's still this pretty big bottleneck because. There's also another site of camp that is using it sometimes. So um, that's something we're trying to figure out right now is like, you know, balancing. Yeah. Ease of production with the laser, but also it takes time. And we also don't want things to feel so much like a kit at camp. Um, Cause camp to me is inherently like an experience. So I'm trying to push some more of like the design challenges and games and more creative design focused things. Um, even though, for a kid to take home something that was laser cut and that they put together, it can be really cool. And especially the parents, you know, it looks really, really nice for them. So Morley, when y'all sit down
1: to figure out these projects, I mean, what are the constraints that go into deciding, is it budget? Is it the ability of the children? Is it the type of equipment y'all have on site, a combination? I mean, how do y'all decide what's too much or what's just enough?
0: Um, it's a lot of people just talking around a table, which is, which is pretty effective. Um, I would say one of the major constraints is time. And we've been doing a lot of like on the fly schedule changes as we realize things take longer. Um, but you know, like we have themes for the sessions, like the first session is space. So we want, like, we had a certain storyline, we were acting out like this mission to Mars. So we were trying to think of like, oh, like if you were to build a Mars colony, what's like a. DIY project you could do that would fit into that. And so you have to grow food on Mars. So one of the instructors wanted to make like hydroponic gardens and these mini greenhouses and the kids would like sprout mung beans. So that became a project. So, you know, we, we have these, we started out with these big brainstorming sessions, think about how we wanted it overall to look and then narrow it down to like what sort of projects based on people's interests would fit into there. Um, it's interesting, like budget is definitely a factor, but hasn't really been a super big constraint. Um, Just kind of like I mentioned, I think the other things tend to overshadow them. Like when you're talking about things that would work in a camp setting, um, unless we're working with experimental materials, it's not... uh, The things we want to do don't tend to be super expensive other than eighth inch Baltic birch plywood to cut on the laser, which has become (laughs) incredibly expensive. And for that reason... we scrapped a lot of laser cut plywood projects to replace with uh, to do them with laser cut cardboard, so we 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 go through like so much cardboard on the laser, which is great for for kids and, and also just cutting it by hand. It's great for prototyping, and every box we get, we save because it's perfect for design challenges
2: and stuff. I, w- I was going to say I, I would assume your biggest budget crusher would be material use. Yeah,
0: it's definitely resource intensive, um, but we try to use a lot of like our waste products and um, yeah. I don't know. I, I th- it's not really my responsibility to make sure that the <laughs> steam project yeah. is financially feasible. I just ask for things and try to use my own judgment. So I, I honestly can't speak to it a ton.
1: That's been anybody though. This last year, their biggest budget crunch has been materials. I mean, you want to make a basic bench or a basic set of cabinets, and you go to buy plywood. And it's two hundred and fifty dollars in material or four hundred dollars in material and that's u s dollars guys
2: yeah um, yeah welcome
0: welcome to Australia but it's interesting like, too like when you th- when you're talking about the relative scale of things so like today when I went and bought those forty five two by twos they were expensive like they were six dollars each uh, they're like five eighty you Canadian which I guess would be about four 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 fifty american um but you know, each kid is only using one two by two in their project. So, all together with screws and string, it's like five or so dollars to build this project. So, yeah, like it's a relatively expensive building material, but we're not building a house out of them. So it's and then when then when you're talking about like the the revenue source is like the kids' tuition, which is orders of magnitude above that. It it doesn't feel like it matters quite as much. So I'm just happy I'm. Not building houses, well, I guess if I were building a house, I 'd be making way more money right now, but <laughs> i don't have to have the same worries of of material costs as if I were building houses.
1: I know we want to get into a topic, but on the building houses, it always befuddled me. People made such a big deal, and it's like, okay, the building materials went up thirty thousand dollars. Oh my God, the owner of this house is going to finance that for thirty years, so they added eighty dollars a month to their mortgage, and they're going to sell the house in seven years so they're going to pass that cost on. This is inconsequential. I mean, the the reality of the money is not real. They're, they're going to get approved for the loan because someone's telling them that houses cost this much and, and can be bought because the market's so hot. Um, I just, I never saw what the impact was besides the funny memes or to DIY people who can't go to Home Depot and buy plywood.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely tricky to parse out. Like, cause it, it doesn't, Honestly, like it doesn't affect my day to day very much. Like it definitely, the biggest effect it had was on our, the plywood we would use for laser cutting. Like we, and it was also because there was a shortage. Um, it wasn't just that it was expensive is that we couldn't find it. Um, what about a shop day Morley?
1: I mean, did you find any, whenever you go to build projects for your YouTube videos, do those kind of things come into play? The price of the materials increases in lumber prices, what kind of restraints do you find on your own projects?
0: I think um usually if I want to make something because they're mostly one-offs for my own, I'll usually just like pay whatever it costs to make that thing until it unless I'm starting to research things and I it starts to feel a little ridiculous, like actually today, for example, I was thinking about building this light and I still might do it, but I started thinking about all of the, the cost of all the pieces and then I started questioning like if it's this expensive, is it going to be nice enough to justify the price of all these things? Um, But largely like it's, it's not as much the price of things because it is, it's not as much from like a production standpoint. Um, For me, I would say it's more like the, the tools that I have access to and, and moving things around. I think for me, it's the small space that I mostly am working with. And then, and then the time that I have to do those things.
1: So that was always something that I was curious about with you is is the biggest constrainer, space or budget. Because with access to credit, anybody can go buy anything. They may not have it for long. Eventually, the bank might come get it. But you seem to still maintain with a reasonable set of tools. And so I said, well, maybe it's the space. Maybe he doesn't have a place to put things, and that's why he's not acquiring gobs and gobs of things to make different types of YouTube videos. I mean, you seem to be very responsible with what kind of tooling you have and you haven't gone into the stratosphere and bought, I don't know, CNC machines from some crack jobs in Australia, Um, you you definitely seem to be really responsible for (laughs) stuff like that.
2: (laughs) Wait, I bought a good CNC machine. I know, man,
1: I mess with you. I have a CNC, so I can't say
0: anything. Oh, thank you. And I I definitely would call myself frugal. Um, So I think that's part of the reason. And, And it's also just because like, at this point in my life, I don't want to be buying a lot of things and feel like I'm weighed down. If I like, there's a chance that I'll be moving in two years. Um, that definitely factors into it. And like from the other side of things, it's just like, it it does feel like a bit of a risk or not quite justified to spend like 500, a thousand dollars on some digital fabrication tool on a whim. If I'm making like $40 in AdSense revenue a month and, and and then it you know like i have to balance in my head like um the the reasons for things yeah. um and yeah i don't know i think it's hard to point to any one singular constraint but i think some of these constraints are artificially built in my head and are more of a barrier than a guiding force because like as we're talking and i start to think about it i realize that like some of these restraints aren't really as major as i might think because I have experience of like realizing like, Oh, I'm just going to make that thing. And it, I just make it happen. And it doesn't really end up being that big of a deal.
1: Well, and you see on the other side of stuff, like Adam just is acquiring the CNC and that's a big financial commitment. And so you go, mm-hmm. you know, he's got, and, and actually you don't really have a giant workshop either because you're sitting here no, like, actually, where can I put this? Yeah. Go I'm ahead. i actually selling
2: tools. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually selling tools that I don't use. Just to make is space. that to make space or raise funds? to make space. I don't need the funds. Yeah. Um, The CNC, I've talked about it last week. So we get like our tax year just finished to the end of June. Yeah. Um, So I got a tax check back and then that's what I used to pay for that. But I'm also, I didn't just buy a CNC. I also invested in a business that my wife and I are creating with the CNC. Um, So hopefully like we'll make that money back pretty quick, but I am, yeah, I'm selling tools that I don't, I, I have a, um, three hundred and thirty millimeter Ryobi bandsaw that I've used maybe five times since I bought it. I'm like, this takes up more space than needed. It's got to go. Like, yeah. So my whole back wall where that TV is, there was four uh, tabletop tools mounted there. Never touched them, so they're all going because that's where the CNC is going to go.
1: You know, so I said earlier that we're working on the mallets and I I guess I probably ran through it a little quick. I should have went through some of the trials and tribulations of such mallets. But one of the things was I really wanted to stabilize wood for the mallet heads. And so that involved a vacuum pot, a vacuum pump, uh, resin, heat cure resin, a oven to cure the mallets. I mean, so there were several components of it and I had to make the decision. I am also working with limited space and it wasn't a financial constraint. It was a, where do I put all this stuff when we're done? Where am I going to store this pot? Where am I going to store this oven? Where am I going to store this uh, pump? And I I really had to think about it, but I wanted to do this wood stabilization so much that I was like, okay, let's just do it and we'll figure out a space. And the answer is going to be, I'm going to have to purge something. I mean, that's the the constraint I'm working in. I only have these four walls and I can't overflow anymore. I'm packed to the gills. So as new things come in, old things do have to leave or get reconfigured.
2: Well, that's mm. 100, 100% the reason why I don't have a proper table saw is because I have nowhere to put it. Like I could put it where my workbench is and pull it out when I need it, but that's it. I don't have a workbench then.
1: I go to, not, I go to sleep at night dreaming about a table saw that would have an outfeed table. So right <laughs> now I cut any stock in my yard. So if I get a four by eight sheet of plywood, I, have a, um, I bring a handsaw out there and I have to rip it under four feet. Because the space I have from my saw blade to my wood rack on the back wall is four foot, one inch. So it has to be less than four feet for me to be able to work it in my shop. Everything else yeah. has to be cut outside. And so my wife and I are house shopping right now. And, you know, my whole thing is it has to have a shop that I can have an outfeed table in. I'm not, you know, I'm happy with this. I'm blessed. I have a great setup. The next one's going to be bigger, four times this yeah. size.
2: That's, right. I, I said that to my wife too. If we ever move, like we need to find something with a double garage at least. I don't think we'll ever move. But that, that's that's why I made my table saw the way I did, like my workbench the way I did. Because instead of coming from the front of the workbench like you would a table saw, I've turned the blade sideways so that then the rest of the table saw is the outfeed. The rest of the workbench is the outfeed.
1: Yeah. And that's a lot of this too is, you know, bouncing that, thinking outside the box, thinking of different ways to do things, thinking about different ways to acquire things. Uh, I know you talked about Australia and the, the wood prices. It has to be the same when it comes to just raw materials. And I know, you know, I'm not a machinist. I don't have access to a lot of metal bits. But if I want to have accents, I'm walking up and down the aisles at the box store. And like, oh, well, can that plumbing part work? Can that sprinkler part yeah. work? You know, can I find something here that can work in a different way and and fit my means? Or change my design to incorporate this item?
2: Um, yeah, well, so we're, one of these- we're actually with the CNC is we're we're expanding a hell of a lot out of my comfort zone because I primarily work with wood, but with the the CNC business, we want to get into cutting like acrylic signs and stuff. So trying to find someone that's not charging an arm and a leg for some acrylic has been a nightmare essentially. Like, so if I go to the the big box store, a uh, three foot by four foot sheet of three millimeter. So what's that? eight eight of an inch acrylic is $65 for a clear acrylic. Well, that's you're dealing with company that sells it for $20. That's a COVID kickback. So
1: all every piece of clear acrylic over the last 18 months has been turned into a sneeze guard. Um, You've got to to find something else and it isn't a cheap medium. So I'm, I'm lucky I'm in a huge city and I can find anything I need. And there's a place right down the street. That's one of the biggest, you know, glowforge suppliers of acrylic to cut. And every time I go there, I'm still shocked at what my order cost. Um, and so, yeah. you know, in that whole vein of things I have to decide is the money I'm putting out worth. Cause a lot of things I make are one off are there. Cause I want to do this, not cause I'm selling them. So I have some things like my stamps I sell and I, I spend what I need to spend to keep that moving. But there's other things I make just cause you know, Oh, my wife wants a pair of earrings. So I'm going I'm not gonna go buy an eight foot sheet of acrylic for two hundred and fifty dollars because she wants earrings. You know we'll go buy yeah. some earrings at at the store. Um, but you know yeah. So it's it's a little bouncing act for sure.
2: Spe- mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Dean's stamps are amazing if you want one. We'll have uh, links to all his stuff in the
1: show. You know notes. I'd like to address something. So both Grant and Adam have a stamp I've made, and Morley does not. And I would never assume to even offer you one because I think you're the type of person that would rather make it yourself.
0: I have made my own stamp. So, I like, so yeah. I, I carved it.
1: Yeah. And I, I never even, there's certain people that I'm like, this is the kind of person that there's several people in the discord. I've made multiple stamps for, and then there's some that even when they ask, I tell them a stupid price. Cause I'm like, this person needs to make their own stamp. Now, <laughs> if, and if you want it, I, I give every, I, this is not a trade secret. Like I'm not hiding anything. I want anyone who wants to make their own stamp. Just ask, I'll give you all the specs. I don't care. But mm-hmm. so if you wanted to make some stamps at the steam project, I would love, I mean, I would talk you through the whole tips and tricks I've learned over the last eight or nine yeah, months.
0: I, I actually have made a few there. And I, I think I was messaging you a couple of months ago with mm-hmm. some ideas. Uh, and they, 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 they work, but, I de- they definitely have room for, uh, refinement, but I guess, so on, on the topic, though, I was, I've been thinking a lot as you guys have been talking, um, cause I think this actually dovetails a lot with things I've been thinking about recently, which is that, you know, like as the young guy, as, as this podcast knows me at, um, you know, people always say like, you shouldn't compare yourself with people who are like, you know, already established if you are, you know, not at that point yet, uh, but, you know I can't really help but do that when those are the people who I'm listening to in, in various media forms. Um, and at, and through some journaling and kind of self-reflection, one of the things I realized is that like I'm not really I'm not really at the point yet in my own development where I feel like I can freely make like self-confident, ballsy, risky decisions. Um, and I think on that, like, when we're talking about constraints, I think that's actually one of my major constraints, like not buying like an expensive tool or something is because I don't have like the confidence or the really just, yeah, the, the self-confidence to like feel like I can kind of go for it. Um, there's always part of me that feels like I, I want to hold out or like maybe I should just like hold off or something. Um, and then the other, the maybe the like other side of the same coin is that like it doesn't always feel like that is like the avenue I want to like invest in and dive down. It's like, I've always had this dream of uh, building a cabin in the woods. So mm-hmm. it's like, any if I'm like, I don't want to spend like $500 on like a resin 3D printer because that's going to dip into the like, the, the contractor tools budget that I'm going to need to build that cabin in the woods, which I'm not yet in a position to do. So there's definitely parts of me that feel like I'm kind of like holding out for these future projects that I'm not quite ready to do yet.
1: You know, there was something about you Saturday. We're talking about YouTube videos and you and Bob from Bob makes stuff or or Bob's wood stuff. I'm sorry. Um, we're talking about your video count and I think you're right at a hundred, you're at 90 something or or you're close, aren't you? Yeah. And so I thought about that in in this same vein, you know, so you're talking about building a cabin in the woods and I'm going from a guy who has, I think I have four YouTube videos or something like that. And it's so hard when you're like, how does someone get a hundred YouTube videos? Well, you know what they do? They made the fifth one and then they made the sixth one and then they made the seventh one. And it's the same kind of thing that, right. You have to, you have to not lose focus of the fact that maybe when you're my age, I'm 40, when you're 40, you'll be in a position to have those tools and those skills and that budget and those resources. But if you don't already have that goal and understand that you have to build to that, build to that hundred YouTube videos or build to that weight loss program that, you know, Adam's putting all this effort into, you have to take that first step and then continue to motivate. And then you said another interesting thing that I, I literally was thinking about two hours ago, you guys and y'all are all so nice and and so sweet and y'all worship some of the people in this media. And for good reason. I mean, I'm not taking away anything from the Kings and, and Queens of the DIY maker community it's also a community that says, you know, shop local shop, small support, small business support. And, but we chase this high of, Oh, well, so-and-so tag me on this or so-and-so like my photo, or, you know, I have to get this person's attention. And when you look right in front of you, I mean, look in our discord group, there's no celebrities in our discord group, but there's so much knowledge and so much understanding and passion and ability to Speak help
2: for yourself.
1: Well, I wasn't <laughs> talking about you specifically. I was talking about some yeah. of the other people, but, um, it, uh, it's just, it's hard to keep focus on that. Those people are normal people too. They've done a great job oh, and they've worked definitely. hard to get where they are, but there's very little between them and that person that's probably not getting engaged enough online.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, it's totally agree. It's a, it's yes. Agreed <laughs> for sure. And I think, I think I know like intellectually, the fact that, like, you know, like just getting started. And it, I know it's kind of like a logical fallacy to think that, like, I need to like hold out until maybe like something is right. But that, like, if you kind of like pursue these opportunities along the way, those can then lead to the path that leads you to building the cabin in the woods. Um, versus if you just sit on your little nest egg for 10 years, it's not like you're necessarily going to get to that point or maybe you will, it might just like take a lot longer and be a little less exciting. Um, So I a hundred percent agree with, with like the getting started and getting on the path way. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm getting there, but I'm not, there's different,
1: there's different philosophies and and there's two in this instance and, and neither one's wrong. One is a goal and work towards a goal, you know, so you have a long-term goal and you do the steps needed to do. The other one is, you know, fortune favors the prepared. And so Adam's going to buy the CNC and he's going to get to know how to use the CNC and he's going to understand the program. He's going to understand the relationship of bits and feed speeds and materials. And then one day, because someone knows that, Oh, don't you have a CNC? He's going to be approached. And it's the, the efforts and the, the work he's put in previously, that's going to allow him to find a windfall that, you know, someone came up, they want a big commission or they want it. And you'll be able to accomplish that. I mean, look, what, I, I don't know how y'all feel about talking about people who aren't sitting in the room here. But, you know, Vincent on Monday was given a, a shop space. And it's like, that's yeah. not from the heavens. You know, that didn't fall blindly. That was offered to you because you have a catalog of work. People know the effort you put in. They understand the branding of, you know, made by Vincent Ferrari. And that's why you were approached with that. And so it there's different roads that can be traveled and they all lead somewhere. And and a lot of times those are good places. And one is the road of I'm marching towards a goal and there's a road of I've put forth this effort and built this ability and this skill level and this understanding and comprehension. And so when I am approached, I'm prepared for that mission.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the reasons um, I'm really enjoying like working for someone else right now is because I feel like it is preparing me for a lot, like in all these, people skills and managing and being a program director, which I could, I could definitely see myself like continuing along this path. And if I were just kind of like pursuing my own stuff, I wouldn't have this same, all these interesting learning opportunities and other opportunities that are coming up along the way. Yeah. Mentorship. Um, Yeah. It's, I can't believe like even in some of my not bad jobs, but like some of my not so favorite jobs, looking back on them and be like, "Oh wow, I have so many lessons from this place that I was at for like 4 months and I continually draw from them."
1: I totally understand that. I mean, I'm in a position right now where I you know, I I have a career path and I could jump companies and try to advance that career path, but I understand the people that I'm working under right now are exposing me to things that are going to set me up down the road. So yeah, by the time I'm 45, I could have this role if I jumped around, but on the path I am now, by the time I'm 48 or, or whatever, I'll be better prepared for a larger role or a, a better opportunity. And um, it, it's hard to understand that. I mean, a lot of times we we struggle in the near-term comparative to the far-term. Um, I know that's how it is. So, you know, we're talking like Adam got the CNC. So Adam, I bought a Glowforge a few years ago. And it was hard because you see those ads all the time and they're so um, engaging and and they just make you want to buy this stuff. Well, it's expensive. It's expensive, you know, and we have a rule at the house. You can get anything you want as long as you can pay for it. You know, there's no financing or all this. You just as long as you pay for it, you get whatever you want. So one day I was just like, you know what? I want this laser. I'm buying it. And I bought the laser and. Beforehand, I had a 2-watt laser on a CNC, and I had made some cutting boards for a few people. Well, then I was approached to make some cutting boards for a university um, in this area. And I made 18 cutting boards for them, and those 18 cutting boards paid for the laser. In two months, I had paid for the laser because someone approached me knowing that I had this ability from previous work I'd done, and now I had the tools to take advantage of that next big step. Um, But... I've gotten multiple opportunities since then that I've had to turn away because it's beyond the scope of what I can do. The bed on this laser is only so big. You know, I can't do giant cutting boards. I can't do giant pass-through maps. I can't do a lot of things. I can't do liquor bottles or, or whatever just because the bed is only so large, and it's a restraint. I have to live with it. Um, so when are you going to get the bigger laser? <laughs> soon. As soon as this doorway gets bigger. Um All right. You know, I've thought about it. You, when you bought the bigger laser or you were looking shopping for a bigger laser for this, the steam project, yeah, it gave me the fever bad. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so again, I'm 40. I, you know, I've got your nest egg, add 15 years onto it. And that's yeah. where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I thought about that laser hard, but I, I don't know if I could fit it to this door. We just don't have an industrial setting here, but it'll well, happen I'll, soon. And the prices are coming down too.
0: Yeah. I'll what, say, what, uh, the full full spectrum Muse, I believe. I think they have like a four foot wide version that can fit through a residential doorway. It's just flat, but it's, it's large.
2: What, what makes you choose whether you're going to cut it on a laser or a CNC?
1: Yeah, man. And I know you've been asking a lot of CNC questions on the Discord. So the first one is mess. You know, laser makes smoke, CNC makes dust. If, uh, if I think the old woman next door can't smell it, I'm going to pump the smoke outside. If uh, I want to clean up inside, I'll, I'll do the dust. Um, the other thing is the size of the material. The laser is limited on the thickness it can cut. So that is a restraint in those projects. If I'm doing eighth inch material, I'll throw it in the laser. If I'm doing anything thicker, it has to go in the CNC. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is uh, dimensions of the cut. I mean, the CNC, you can program to cut on a curve. You know, I can make a, the spoon of a, a bowl or something. You know, I can make the bowl of a spoon, or however you want to say that. Or I can do the curvature of something that the laser can't capture. It's either on or off. So those are the kind of the things I think about. Um and the other one is the noise. Sometimes it CNC can roar if it's cut yeah. into some dense material. If I don't feel like dealing with that, I just I won't do a CNC thing that day. And sometimes I run them both.
0: Okay. Yeah, that 3D cutting ability of a CNC is so cool. Like what John Kaipoff has been doing recently with like the yeah. guitar pedals, um, it's like a, it's like a reverse 3D printer, literally.
2: I've just always wondered, like, why people choose a laser over a CNC. The only benefit I can see to a laser is that you can get a right angle, like in inner side cut corner.
1: Well, the other thing is like extreme personalization. I mean, so yes, you can. So you're wanting to do the the house realtor gifts, and you yeah. can definitely do that on a CNC, and you're going to get into where do you want to do epoxy pores? Well, then you're going to have to seal those first and then do epoxy and then let the epoxy cure and then sand them back down. Or I can put it in the laser hit go. And two and a half minutes later, it's done. Um, Mm. You know, the other thing, like the signs that uh, uh, Jacob at other dog designs, you know, they're putting out these signs and these boxes. The curve on a laser cut is so fine. Whereas on a CNC, you're limited by the radius of the bit. So let's say I want to do my logo and my logo, my last name is Duplanis, and I've got these big swirly curves and this cursive connection. Well, when you get into these connections between two letters, a lot of times the size of the bit is, it's too small. I don't have a bit small enough to cut that in a reasonable time. So it's CNC is the answer.
2: I suppose. Yeah. Laser would be a lot quicker as well. Wouldn't it?
1: (laughs) But I mean, it's not one, only a one way street. I mean, you want to make a, uh, you want to make jigs or so we're building an electric guitar with a friend and, we put a piece of MDF on the CNC and let it cut out the MDF in the shape of the guitar and then use that as our router jig. Uh, when we went to the two inch thick stock. Um, so, you know, the CNC definitely has a place in the world. Um,
2: I I guess, I don't know. I I guess it comes down to personal taste as well. Like my wife, um, about two years ago, bought this sign. It's like a a circle, but it could be two years ago. It's my son's not that old, like a year ago. Um, it's like a circle cut out of MDF, three millimeter MDF with his name in the middle. And it was cut out with a laser But because they've used a laser. It's all burnt on the edges. I can't stand that. So mm-hmm. I would rather it cut on a CNC. Well, the person should have painted it. No, because she wanted to roll wood. Well, it's not even wood, but you know what I mean?
1: Real cardboard. So I'll tell you the other one, leather, leather. On, I mean, a laser can do some amazing stuff on leather, and it stinks to high heaven and it mm-hmm. doesn't have that nice burnished end. It has a burnt end. Yeah, um, yeah. and you've got you char inside all the letters, but you can't cut leather on a CNC. Yeah. And I'm sure That's there's some idiots listening right now. They're like, well, well, technically this is a CNC. you know, cricket's a CNC and it can cut leather, but we're <laughs> talking about router driven CNCs.
0: Yes. You know, it's another cool thing you can cut on a laser, but not a CNC is cardstock. You can do some really cool stuff with, really fine detailed cardstock. And, and with, because it's so thin, um, you have a little bit of darkening on the edges, but not a lot, like not the same sort of burning that you have on leather or wood.
1: Speaking of John never been so jealous as when I received his sticker for the sticker swap in his letterhead or his envelope is black hard cardstock paper that he laser cut his logo in. And then yeah. he had put the stick. I was like, you very smiley. extra diva, it was beautiful. You did a great job. I was super impressed. You, you,
0: too, can do it. Dean, you have the tools.
1: I have the tools. It's you know, the ultimate restraint is time. You know, who has the time?
2: That's a lot of effort just for a sticker,
1: yeah. Just a, so that's it. or I can just make a stamp and stamp them
0: all at one time. Yeah. There you go. All right, I think with that, we should move on to our clamp mendations.
1: Clamp so my clamping this week is you know again to bring it up again we're doing the mallet challenge and this guy burke told design build knocked it out the park i mean to the point where i think he just took all the wind out of austin's sails that he doesn't have a chance (laughs) so this guy has a um a 3d mill that he did like a cushion pattern on these two wooden mallets and what's almost criminal was his test piece was a piece he did out of walnut and then he ended up finishing a mallet out of the walnut and what's even more impressive is in the post he put up he does like a technical drawing on the side to show you how it put together so it's almost like a quilted design in wood he did a walnut and he did one i think it was paduke and um and another material but he did dead blow hammers for these and the paduke one the cushion pattern is like the casing that he put all the lead shot in and then encased it in these two cushion cutout paduke things. And they're just beautiful mallets. And it's like, how does one have so much skill? And I do think it's a skill because you had to program this. You had to understand oh, how the yeah. material works on the machine. You had to program the design. You had to understand the geometry of what you were working on and how everything was going to line up. But I mean, this guy made artwork out of these two mallets. So that's my clamp mandation this week.
2: When you first shared that link and I went to it and the first picture that comes up is one mallet and the other one leaning against it, I thought that it was like embroidered, like made out of fabric. And then you scroll across to the next picture and you can see that it is completely wood. And I was like, holy crap, that is insane. Like how? Just how?
1: Yeah, I got really excited when I saw him because I thought it would demoralize Austin, but – I think he's moved on from the shock and he's actually going to put forth a pretty good effort in the uh, Dean versus Austin Mallet competition.
2: Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Well, my clamp nation this week is a, oh, my mouse died, uh, is a a guy called Daniel Kraft on YouTube. Uh double for the last name. Um, He does a lot of like 3D modeling, not in the sense of a CNC, but more of like realistic modeling, if that makes sense. So he designed a $50 million play button for Mr. Beast. And um, like, so in the pro, I I don't know what program he uses, but in the program, everything was made with like the real material. And the finishing shots he put, like you would not believe, this was a three D model. It looks completely real. Hmm. Um, and then the next video, he, well, I don't know if it was the next video, but then he actually got it made for real life. Um, yeah, just really cool with like the you, models he does. Have you played? You've
0: played around with renders on Fusion, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, even the stuff you can do there looks pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm always amazed
2: like how well it renders <laughs> look. The, the issue I have is like when I, when I do that is it seems to take away all the lines. You can't really see what's yeah. what it you just, you got to play the yeah. settings
0: a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And the material oh,
2: yeah.
0: that's sweet. Um, so like I mentioned in the show, um, I haven't really been watching anything recently, but I have been reading a really good book and that book is one Q 84 by Haruki Murakami. Uh, so, Murakami is an author who writes, the genre is called magical realism. Um, he's a really cool writing style. Uh, it's very descriptive. Um, and I guess the definition of magical realism is kind of like it takes place in the real world, but then there are like these kind of strange, magical things that are happening and the characters aren't really reacting as if they're overly strange. They're kind of like incorporated into the world. Um, anyways, it's it's... I believe his one of his most famous books, and I've read a couple of them before, and I, I really liked his style. I find it very like relaxing to read. Um, just his writings very, very solid. So this book takes place is on like basically a parallel world of 1984 where the main character starts to realize that something is going differently from the reality that they were experiencing before. Um, I had a library copy which got recalled which I was very sad about because I'm only about a third of the way through it's a very long book <laughs> but luckily one of my friends at work has a copy so I can continue reading it um, yeah it's it's just a really cool book if you're interested uh, the author is Haruki Murakami it's a translation from Japanese That's the worst when the r- library recalls I always
1: did audiobooks from the Houston Library and it's a great program and I mm. understand their need to recall but I have two days left and I'm sitting here just like trying to binge the last nine hours so I can finish. Um, yeah. It's always the worst when they recall it.
0: Yeah, that's a great life hack. I don't know. I feel like not enough people are aware of uh, audiobooks through local libraries. So in Toronto, I use an app called Libby. I don't know if it's the same. Mm-hmm. And, yep, that's what I use. Yeah, it, it's great. And so I, I'll i I'll use that for most of my audiobooks, which and it's totally free because it's a public library. Uh, and then I'll really only use Audible if it's a like a really new or popular book that's has a absurdly long wait time at the library.
1: Yeah, so like Where the Crawdad Sings was the hot book last year, and I just checked it out this week. But oh, wow. that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's free yeah. and, and I had a long list of books, so it was okay.
0: Yeah. One of the books I couldn't wait
2: for was uh Ready Player 2. Adam, Two. Have you have you read it yet? I bought it. But I haven't read it. It's still sitting on the bookshelf because I got into okay. Animal Kingdom and I've been obsessed. Like, I have never, I, it's been a long time since a TV show, The uh, American in the nation last week. It's been a long time since a TV show has kept me hooked up until, like, I'm halfway through season four and I'm still, like, hooked. Hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, as soon as I, won- I finish that, I'll be reading it. Okay, I won't say anything
0: about Ready Player Two. I'll let you experience it for yourself.
1: So you posted about it and I bought it that day and had it, you know, Amazon to the house and I made it about a third of the way through. Um, So in code, they're looking for the second thing that they need to look for Mm -hmm. is how far I've gotten. And I just got caught up with other books. I don't know. I just, it didn't draw me in like Ready Player One did.
0: Yeah,
2: I agree. But I don't should want to read I read Ready I don't Player know. One first <laughs> yeah. again? Should I read Ready Player One again? No, first you, you've already read it, though, right? Yeah, but that was a, like a long time ago. I think you should be okay. It's pretty. It's
0: pretty okay. standalone. Like I, it, it uh, continues okay. from the first, but you are you'll be okay.
1: I loaned Ready Player One to my neighbors. I was like, "Oh, this book was so good. You're old like me. You'll love it." It's funny that you liked it so much because there's a lot of '80s nostalgia in there that I don't really know if you're old enough to get. And I loaned this book to her and she brought it back to me uh, a month later with a $20 uh, Barnes and Noble gift card. And was like, I just couldn't read it. Go buy something better next time. I was like, oh my God, this book was so good. Spielberg
0: made a movie from it. It was so good. Wow. But uh, she just wasn't digging it. I actually think this would be a really interesting conversation for the after show because I have a lot of thoughts as to like why I enjoyed that book so much, even though I didn't experience any of the culture. Yeah, sure. I have something
1: I want to talk about in the after show too. So,
0: (laughs) All right. Well,
2: Adam, do you have a... A I word do. of the week for us. Just quickly before I do my word of the week, uh, in case anyone's wondering, my client uses a program called Blender. I've actually used That's it a great. few times. Um, if anyone remembers my old intro, it was like a wooden block and it would carve out my name. That was made in Blender. So, yeah. Anyway, so my word of the week is DAX, D-A-K-S.
0: Okay, so I was thinking of the movie Snatch uh, with Brad Pitt and the way they say dogs. So is, but if dogs? there's a K in there, yeah. I'm thinking it's not dogs. No. Okay.
1: Dax. So, and I thought X, and I was thinking, you know, Star-Lord and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but Dax. And I know they tend to be slang around alcohol. Um, <laughs> everything's about or sandwiches food. i guess alcohol or sandwiches
0: It also um, it also maybe sounds to me like 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 that's dax like that's either awesome or terrible or some adjective
2: it, every week you think it's like an adjective <laughs> maybe it's i think
1: it's track. like i think it's like just too much like that's too much i ain't dealing with this right now that's dax no dax is trousers
0: Oh, what? Never would have gotten that. <laughs> Is it like some kind of
1: bastardization of Dockers? How do you get to Dax?
2: I don't know how we got there. It's just a word. Anyway, I'm with you. You know, I love the Australian
1: <laughs> word of the week because where I'm from in South Louisiana, there's a thousand words that no one has ever heard before. And uh, yeah, I was actually, I was actually really, really looking forward
2: to. I was really looking forward to doing it with an American rather than two Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know i well, spent a week in brisbane once
0: um i don't um, know morley have, have you ever been to australia i haven't no i was born in new zealand though so we're, we're gonna go go out that way someday
1: brisbane yeah, just so won the one the thing,
2: 2032 olympics
1: yeah w- yeah on no uh with no competition everybody's like <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: it was like 72 yeah, to that. two or something like yeah we ain't yeah, doing that
1: uh, so the one thing was I went into a bar and there's no Foster's beer that I think it's actually made in Canada or something like it's, it's not actually, even an Australian beer.
2: Pretty sure it's a UK, an English beer. Yeah, we don't have Foster's, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Sim- Simpsons did us dirty. So that was the first thing. <laughs> and then I ordered some crab that had like a lobster tail on it. And I was like, where the hell? But uh, it was Whoa. a good time. Brisbane's one of two rivers that flows inland from the the ocean.
0: Really? Huh. Mm -hmm. I wonder why that is. Well, we're going to continue this conversation in the after show, which everyone who listens or supports us on Patreon will be able to listen to. Um, If you want to learn more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. We really appreciate everyone who supports us there. And if you want to support the show in another way, we always appreciate if you share it or tell someone uh, that you like it. I say that like it's something different from sharing, but that's just another form of sharing. Um, Dean, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a fantastic conversation, and I'm excited to continue this conversation.
1: Yeah, and it's about to get real, so y'all need to be patrons so you can hear how real it's about to get. And share this podcast, damn it, because this is a good show. This is easily of the five podcasts I listen to in my top ten. So you need to listen to this podcast. You need to share it with people because it's better than the stuff you're normally listening to. Share the podcast.
0: <laughs> All right. I won't read too far into of the five that
2: you listen to. It's in your top ten. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, the after show, I also have an Australian word for, and you'll find out why it's for the after show. Cool. If All you right. listen to it. Let's kick it. See you. Uh, you can't find us anywhere by. Yeah, show notes. <laughs> it's too late. I just realized was it last week I was sick? Yeah. Are you better? Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's great. I'm happy to hear it. It took me three days to get my test results back.